Okay, let's um, open this up with a word of prayer. Merle, would you um, pray over the lesson today? Okay, we'll just um, have a couple minute review here again. The parts of Daniel that are easy are, um, you know, the beginning, you know, the story of Daniel and, and um, how Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not conform to some of the ungodly practices of the, Babylon, the Babylonian Empire, and, and that's fairly straightforward and, and encouraging for us today, and um, we hear about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and, and the stand they took, and that's easy. <laughs> and um, Daniel in the lion's den is another one that's pretty straightforward. And um, then we have these prophecies. <laughs> and I admit it's, it's confusing and, and a struggle, and, and that's where sometimes it gets, that book gets tough. And there are four basic... Um, prophecies or, or visions of um, future events given in Daniel. And the first one we found in chapter 2. Nebuchadnezzar has his dream of his four statues, or his statue four kingdoms, sorry. And um, Daniel interprets that dream for him and explains to him this statue represents um, four kingdoms. The first kingdom is Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. Then there's three kingdoms to follow. And the Fourth kingdom will find a, a recreation of itself in the very last days. Daniel has a vision himself in, in Daniel chapter 7, basically a repeat of Nebuchadnezzar's um, dream of four kingdoms. And um, the same thing, it goes into a little more detail, gives a few more details of these four kingdoms, and um, also talks about um, the end times there will be a kingdom, a repeat of the fourth kingdom given in um, his vision. I should also um, bring out that in Nebuchadnezzar's vision and in Daniel's vision, um, Christ comes and puts an end to these kingdoms once and for all. Chapter 8, the ram and the goat is the third vision. The ram and the goat deals with the overthrow of the second kingdom in Nebuchadnezzar's dream and in Daniel's vision the overthrow of that second kingdom by the third kingdom. And then it gives a few details, a few more details, and then it also, I guess I would say, telescopes to the very last days of, of history. And now chapters 10 through 12 is the fourth vision, and it's primarily going to involve the third kingdom of um, Nebuchadnezzar's dream, Daniel's vision, it's going to be a further elaboration of chapter 8, the ram and the goat, and um, we'll see where chapters 10 through 12 take us. Chapter 10 is, doesn't really get into the vision yet. It, it, it's kind of an introduction to it, and that's where it leaves us today. So we'll just set a little background here. This is the third year of Cyrus. Um, Cyrus is the king who was prophesied by Isaiah, and we got into that a little bit last week. 
There would be 70 years of the captivity in Babylon, and then Isaiah prophesies that a ruler named Cyrus, a man chosen by God, was going to um, release the captives. All this was prophesied before the Babylonian captivity ever began. And I think, if I remember right, we turned to Isaiah and, and read a little bit. Also, um, Second Chronicles closes um, with the coming of Cyrus and the decree to go and rebuild the temple. So where this picks up at is the third year of Cyrus. So there has been an exodus of the Babylonian captivities back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. Um, this is the third year into that. So Ezra chapters 1 through 4 would be, if you want to read what's happening in Jerusalem at the same time this chapter is going on in Daniel, the first four chapters of Ezra are basically um, telling what happens where there's a group of exiles, they go back to Jerusalem, they begin to rebuild the temple, they build the altar, they begin to offer some sacrifices, they begin to work, and then um, some of the people in the land, because the land is, is, um, is repopulated with other people, it's a mixture of people now living in Jerusalem, these other people come along and say, hey, let us help you. You know, we want to build your temple too. We worship the same God as you do. And uh, the Jewish exiles who are returned with Cyrus' permission to build this temple, they're like, no, we're, this is our, our God that we worship. This is our temple. We will do the work. You know, they didn't want to mix. They did not want to mix. They didn't want the people of the land now to come and, and rebuild their temple and... and um, bring in their false gods and their false worship and everything. They want it to be pure. They want it to be separate. And they run into opposition. Right away, they run into opposition. And this, this is the context here um, of what's going on. Um, Daniel says in verse 2, he had been mourning for three weeks. Why he was mourning is, there could be several reasons. This could be one reason. Perhaps he's heard they're running into opposition now in, in their rebuilding of the temple um, there's another thing that um, I kind of think about too. Chapter 7 and chapter 8 in Daniel close. Daniel has his vision in chapter 7, and he ends, ends chapter 7, verse 28. He says, Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me. My countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. He has this vision of these four beasts coming out of the sea in chapter 7. And um, he's, he's wiped out by this vision. <laughs> he's, he's sick. It made him sick. You know, it, it was something that was beyond him. Chapter 8 is the same thing. Chapter 8 closes after this vision of the, the ram and the, and the goat and the coming of Antiochus Epiphanes. I don't know if I pronounced that right. I've heard it pronounced Antiochus Epiphanes, too. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess I'm a Norwegian, and I say Antiochus Epiphanes. <laughs> but he has this vision of Antiochus and, and the brutality that, that the Israelites will face in, in a few hundred years. And then this telescopes to the last days. And, and this is overwhelming. Da Daniel is once again overwhelmed. And he says, I fainted. And I was sick certain days afterward. I rose up and did the king's vision, business, and I was astonished at the vision, and none understood it. So just stop and think about 
what's going on in Daniel's life. You know, put yourself there. If God had chosen to give you visions, apocalyptic visions of um, horrendous things that would happen, empires coming and going, and, and, um, and then an emperor rising to power that would inflict great, great um, conflict and, and tribulation and destruction upon your land, your people. And then you get a repeat of that. This is going to happen in the near future, and it's going to happen again in the last days. He's sick. He fainted. and I mean, I'm a nervous person. <laughs> I will admit it. I'm a nervous person. And um, I don't know that, apart from the grace of God, I could handle being given something like that. <laughs> so I don't, I don't exactly know what it is that um, caused Daniel to pray and fast here for three weeks. But he says, it opens up, it says, in the third year of Cyrus, something was revealed to Daniel, something that was true, the appointed time was long, and he understood it and had understanding of the vision. And I think he got his understanding in answer to his, his prayer. Um, we'll just stop here. Uh, any thoughts from any of you? The first time I heard this was several years ago, and I remember um, when I was not following Christ, I was um, living in unbelief, like Andrew read in Hebrews, <laughs> and my life fell apart. It fell apart, and um, because of that, I started going to church. It made me feel good. I hadn't been going to church, and, and I was as far from God as you could get. The first night I went back to church was a Wednesday night. I just felt I need to go when I got to church, and they were going through Daniel. I just remembered this the other day. They were going through Daniel the first time I went back to church after years of, of unbelief and, and rebellion, and I sat there, and I just felt in my heart like, this here, what I'm hearing, and it was not just the book of Daniel, it was the word of God, is the most important thing for me. Far beyond all my troubles, all my turmoil, all the things I'm going through, this is what you need. <laughs> and it was the book of Daniel. That I just remembered this, the book of Daniel they were going through. And I, I, I remember listening to the pastor, and, and at this point I hadn't even surrendered my life to Christ. I was going to church as a lost person, listening to this guy expound upon Daniel, and it was fascinating. It was fascinating. And, and um, this pastor talked about this, this um, fasting, this three weeks of fasting. Daniel says he was mourning for three full weeks. He ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. So whatever it was, Whatever it was that he was, was going through, it brought him to just seek God, to seek God and, and to fast. He abstained from eating. It's, it's similar to the very beginning of Daniel when, when they would not eat the king's um, rich foods. Now, did he eat something for those three weeks? Did he drink any water for those three weeks? 
You know, it doesn't say, it, it doesn't say, and, and it's probably not a major issue to this, but he, he fasted and, and sought the Lord. We go down a few more verses. It said, from the moment you humbled yourself or, or chastened yourself. So in humility, Daniel fasts and, and seeks the Lord. And whether it's because he just could not handle things anymore, or if it's because he was mourning over the, the turmoil that, that um, his fellow Israelites were facing back trying to rebuild this temple, it is unknown. But he was seeking the Lord three whole weeks. So that underscores, I think, the importance of, of fasting. And that's something that, um, I guess, my Christian life, which has been over 20 years now, I've heard very little on fasting. heard a lot about prayer, very little on fasting. And, um, you know, there's probably a lot of power in fasting. <laughs> there, there probably is. You know, you... It's, this is not going to be a Sunday school lesson on fasting, but um, Jesus says, when you fast, and then goes and gives a few instructions. He doesn't say, if you decide to fast, when. He assumes that this is what people will do, when you fast. I think it's very important, and I think this lesson will bring out the fa that fact as well. So, And feel free to jump in with comments here. Um, we can all, all learn, and, and we all have things we, we can share as well. So feel free to jump in with any comments you may have as I go along. Um, the 4 and 20th day of the first month, um, I guess the first month was kind of like New Year. <laughs> Timely for us. <laughs> new Year's. We're into a new year now, and this was a new year for, for um, Daniel as well. He was by um, the Tigris, the Tigris River. And here he has his vision. Now here comes, here comes the first thing where um, everybody believes something different. <laughs> I could find no, yes, this is who this is. It's um, pretty exciting um, reading this. I mean, I was very excited reading this. I followed my wife all over the house telling her everything I was reading and, and studying, and it probably drove her nuts. <laughs> <laughs> But I find this very, very fascinating, very fascinating. Um, he has a vision of a certain man clothed in linen whose loins were girded with fine gold of Uphaz. His body was like the barrel or a gemstone. His face was the appearance of lightning, his eyes as lamps of fire, his arms and his feet like in color to polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. The men that were with me did not. But a great quaking fell upon them. They fled to hide themselves. Who did Daniel see? This is where commentators are divided into two things here. And I can't come down firmly on either side because there's pros and cons for either one. And I'm not going to tell you who it is. I mean, I'm not going to tell you this is who it is. I'll give you the two options. He saw an angel. That's one option. He saw an angel. Um, I will turn to Matthew 28 and describe an angel to you. And a lot of commentators believe he saw an angel. There is a right answer, and 
We don't know what the right answer is this side of eternity, I guess. Matthew 28, verse 3, or verse 2. This is um, Jesus' resurrection, the, the garden scene. Sunday morning, behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended. So this is an angel. The angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And fear of him, for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. So here you see an angel in dazzling white and his countenance was like lightning. And um, for fear of him, people fainted. So that's, that's an encounter in the Bible of an angel. I also want to turn to um, two passages of Scripture here. Ezekiel chapter 1. Maybe someday we can go through Ezekiel, but not in the immediate future. <laughs> that's, a, that's a book I don't understand either. I've read through it a couple times, and, it, and the majority of it just goes like that, but... Ezekiel was a contemporary of Daniel, and they wrote much about many of the same things. Ezekiel chapter 1 here in verse 22, and he's talking about these living creatures, and there's wheels, and, and it's very, lots of symbols, and, and it's um, one of them passages that's always had me scratching my head. The likeness of the firmament upon the heads of the living creatures. Okay, this is the sky, the heavens above these living creatures, was the color of the terrible crystal stretched forth over their heads above, and under the firmament were the wings straight, the one toward the other. Everyone had two which covered on his side, and everyone had two which covered on the other side their bodies. And when they went, I heard the noise of their wings like the noise of great waters, as the voice of the Almighty, the voice of speech, as the noise of a host. When they stood, they let down their wings. And now there's a voice in verse 25 from the firmament that was over their heads when they stood and let down their wings. And above the firmament, there was over their heads the likeness of a throne as the appearance of a sapphire stone. And upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness as the appearance of a man above it. Not just any man. And I saw the color of amber as the appearance of fire round about within it. From the appearance of his loins even upward, from the appearance of his loins even downward, I saw, as it were, the appearance of fire, and it had brightness round about. It is the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of rain, so is the appearance of the brightness round about. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell upon my face, and I heard a voice of one that spake. And then the last one we'll read quick, Revelations chapter 1. You know, we all see pictures of Jesus, and he's got... You know, hair down to about here. It's brown hair and blue eyes, written by or painted by Europeans, <laughs> and they paint these pictures of Jesus with brown hair and blue eyes, and and what they thought he probably would have looked like when he lived upon the earth. And um, Revelations chapter one is um, the exact opposite <laughs> of the pictures that we see. Revelations chapter one. just jump to um, verse 12 there's a voice that that was speaking to John John in verse 12 says I turned to see the voice that spake with me and being turned I saw seven gold 
golden candlesticks, and in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man. Remember the Son of Man? Daniel chapter 7, the Son of Man was presented before the Ancient of Days. We decided in, as we went through Daniel chapter 7 that the Son of Man is Jesus Christ. And as a side note, I was looking back in Daniel 7 again, and, and there's also wheels, the same wheels Ezekiel talks about mentioned in Daniel chapter 7 too. I guess I kind of overshot that when we were going through chapter 7 a couple weeks ago. There are wheels mentioned in the throne in Daniel chapter 7 as well as in Ezekiel chapter 1. Interesting. So here's the Son of Man clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and hair were white like wool. This is the same description as the Ancient of Days, by the way, in Daniel chapter 7. And his eyes were as a flame of fire, his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shining in his strength, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. So commentators have divided. Was this an appearance of Jesus? Pre-incarnate Old Testament appearance of Jesus, much like Nebuchadnezzar looking in the fiery furnace. Isn't there a fourth man in there? And he looks like one of the sons of the gods. You know, and... and um, a lot of people believe that was also the Son of God, pre-Old Testament appearance before he ever came to earth as a man in the fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. A lot of people think Daniel actually saw a vision of Christ before he was ever incarnate. Now, there's things you can look at as we go through this chapter that would say, well, maybe not. You know, we'll see there's a, a spiritual battle going on here in a couple of verses and... and um, this person talking to Daniel says, I needed help, and Michael came and helped me. So would Jesus need help that Michael had to come and help him? Those are all things that, you, that commentators weigh through, and I'm not going to say this one's right or that one's right. It's either an angel or Daniel saw um, a pre-incarnate vision of Christ. I don't know what the right answer is. <laughs> I can't tell you. I don't, I don't have a, a firm um, either way. I don't know. It's just, it's very interesting. Um, obviously, the men that um, were there were um, quaking, and they fled to hide. Daniel himself, as we go on here, we'll see, he's shaking and, and sick to his stomach and has no strength. Um, so anybody have any comments here? I thought, could it be Gabriel? <laughs> I, I thought, you know, it's talking about Michael, and, and is, isn't Michael an archangel? Gabriel and Michael are archangels, and you see this angel here that's like, that Daniel sees, and he's dazzling, and, and 
there's like a dread and a fear that falls on everybody. You know, how come this one looks so impressive and all they do is just mention Michael? I don't know. It's all kinds of thoughts going through my head on that one. Um, I think Jesus talks about, um, in the, is it in Matthew where he talks about, um, he's talking about um, young believers or, or children and he says something about their angels in heaven, you know, before, or I don't quite, quite remember the verse, but you get that idea that maybe everybody has an angel. Very possible. Very possible. So, yeah, commentators are divided on that one. It's either an angel or it could be actually Daniel sees a vision of Christ. And what gets confusing here is then this voice begins to speak to Daniel. Daniel falls to the ground into a deep sleep. <laughs> it's just too much for him. It would probably be too much for any of us. Um, the Apostle John falls as if dead, it said in um, Revelations chapter 1. So this voice, he says a hand touches him in verse 10 and, and sets him on his knees. And he's on his knees in the palm of his hands, just kind of sitting there like that. And again, it's like um, we touched upon last week, O Daniel, greatly beloved. And you'll see, O Daniel, greatly beloved, said again here um, in a few more verses. It said twice here in um, chapter, chapter um, 10. He's called beloved twice. Verse 19. Verse 19. Thank you. Thank you. I thought I had underlined it, and I didn't. <laughs> okay, so, you know, Daniel is greatly loved. Greatly loved. And... and He's, this voice says to him, and this is where commentators that will say, well, this is Jesus, and obviously Jesus wouldn't need help from an angel to withstand the prince of Persia, which we'll get into in a minute. But So this hand that touches him and sets him on his knees and the voice that speaks is somebody else. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, um, they come to give him the answer to this vision, what he had been praying about from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God. God heard his words right away. The minute he began to pray, I'm going to fast and pray. Something's bothering me. I'm going to fast and pray. Immediately, God heard him. Immediately, God heard him and sent the answer. And the answer took 21 days to come. If you read down, the same amount of time Daniel was, was um, in his fast, it took that many days for the answer to come. Here's again, now this is the other thing that, that we probably focus on for most of the rest of our time here. Um, this prince of Persia that withstands this messenger and Michael the angel comes to help. For 21 days, this prince of Persia is withstanding. So Anybody have any ideas on this thing, Prince of Persia? And later on, you're going to talk, it's going to mention as this chapter closes out, they're going to go back to fight with the, the princes of Persia, or Prince of Persia, and then the Prince of Grecia will come. Any ideas on that? I just can't see how they can stand against Jesus himself. Right. That's the same. That's the same thoughts I have. The same thoughts I have. The majority of um, commentaries that I have checked on this here in the last few weeks, except for maybe one, one that I, one for sure, 
Um, one guy thinks this is actually like Cyrus that he's talking about, and then the prince of Greece will come, and that would be Alexander the Great. And, and there's a battle going on with these guys. The rest of them put this as spiritual battles. It's not speaking about actual um, human beings, but um, the spirits behind things. And that makes pretty good sense when you read... Um, we can't turn to them all now, but Ephesians chapter 1, verse 2, verse, chapter 3, verse 10, chapter 6, verse 12, Colossians 1, 16, 2, 10, 2, 15, Revelation 16, 13, and 14, all talk about principalities and powers, the spirit that works in the children of disobedience. Um, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but, spirit, but principalities and powers, spiritual forces in dark places in the heavenly realm. Um, Revelation 16 talks about um, three spirits that will go out into all the earth and entice the kings of the world to come and gather around um, Jerusalem for the battle. Spiritual things behind things that go on. You know, when, when you look at um, two-kingdom theology, we believe that there's the kingdoms of the world and then the kingdom of Christ, right? That's what we would believe. And... Someday the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. But at this point in time, we see wickedness all around us. We see wickedness all around us, and what's behind that? If Paul tells us we wrestle not against flesh and blood, it isn't just men coming up with, with terrible things like abortion or, or um, ethnic cleansing or, or various things like that, wars, but it's, there's things behind that. There's forces behind that. Um, without going into a whole lot here, um, you know, we looked at the seven-headed beast with ten horns back a few weeks ago in Revelation. And, and I remember where in chapter 12 of Revelation, that's the dragon or Satan. In um, chapter 17, it actually talks about, well, it talks about it in chapter 13 and 17. And the dragon gives this beast or this evil world system, his power. Interesting, interesting thought. So um, a lot of people believe that this is actually a spiritual thing going on behind these kingdoms that in Daniel's vision. And Daniel wants understanding. He wants some peace, wants to know what all this means. And he's having a hard time getting the message. And... Um, Angels come and fight their way to bring him the message. I, I, does this make sense to anybody? Does anybody have any thoughts on this? Does this seem foreign, strange, or does it? This is the way that I was taught this. Um, that this is speaking more of a spiritual battle than actual. You know, these angels had to deal with physical kings. They're actually dealing with a with a demonic spiritual influence behind evil empires. I don't know if anybody has any other thoughts on that, or I guess I would put that, my thoughts, I would compare that with um, Ephesians 6.12, the thing on putting on the armor of God because we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against there's spiritual forces behind the things that we wrestle against. And indeed, Satan himself, it says, um, wanders about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So those are just a few thoughts on this one. Um, 
we have um, Daniel is just overwhelmed with all of this. In the meantime, um, he's unable to speak, and now another one, it says, touches him. A one like the similitude, or one like a man, touched his lips, and then he spake. And he's finally able to speak, and he says, my sorrows are turned in upon me, I have retained no strength. You know, how can I even, how can I even speak? How can I speak to you? I'm overwhelmed. Whoever he saw in this, this vision has completely overwhelmed him. There's no strength left in me. And then it says one came again and touches him and strengthens him. Once again, he calls him greatly beloved. At a time like that, wouldn't you want to hear that? You're greatly beloved. We haven't come to scare you. We haven't come to frighten you. You are greatly loved. Be strong. And when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and then said, speak for you have strengthened me. So he says, do you know why I have come? And now I will return to fight with the prince of Persia, and when I am gone forth, the prince of Grisha will come. Um, the prince of Grisha, again, I, and I think I mentioned that a couple weeks ago, um, what is termed Greek or Greece in um, the New Testament, and also here in the Old Testament, was not just Greece as we know it today, where they serve you flaming cheese and, and shout opa. <laughs> it was Greece and Turkey, part of a chunk of Turkey, Asia Minor, and Greece were a combined kingdom called Yavan. And that's the word here that's translated Grisha, and also what we read a few chapters back. Um, it's Yavan, the kingdom of Greece, a combination of Greece and Turkey, and um, I also looked this up. Yavan is the fourth son of Noah's son, Japheth, who is believed to be the ancestor of the Greeks. So just a little side note there. Turkey is also part of the ancient kingdom of Greece. So something's going to happen here with Persia and Greece, and that's what chapter 11 and 12 are going to primarily deal with now until we're out of Daniel. There's going to be a large portion of history now in the next couple of weeks. A lot of history and then a little bit at the very end of days. And um, the angel says, I will show you that which is noted in the scripture truth. There is none that holdeth or stands with me in these things but Michael, your prince. So Daniel is about to receive um, a vision of what Greece is going to do. Greece is not really a well-known power at this point, and this is going to come in the, in the future, and um, that's what we'll get into in the next couple of weeks. So that is all I have right now. Um, if anybody has a few comments, I'd give you a minute or two. I mean, this is a, a vast subject, a deep subject, and, you know, I don't want to be the only one that has ideas and comments here because... Um, Right. Is that right? That's where different people have different ideas. The hand that touches him and the voice he hears, is this the man with the dazzling appearance or is this the one that's like a man? Who I believe would still be an angelic being. I don't know. People are divided on that one. People think either way that it could be this man that sets him on his, because he's asleep, and then a hand touches him and sets him on his knees, and then a voice begins to speak. I don't know. I think, 
I think at, after verse 16, or after verse 18, okay, after verse 18, it says, one like a man touched me, and he strengthened me and said. So after verse 18, this is probably like this, this man that's talking then. Um, the voice in verse 12, I guess I don't know. I've, I've kicked that one around, and once again, I guess that's why they say Daniel's a sealed book, right? We don't know everything. <laughs> There's a lot of conjecture. One thing I will say, um, Daniel is definitely receiving divine help here. Whether Jesus showed him a vision of himself or just sent angels only, he's, God has heard and sent, sent the answer and sent him divine help in, in his situation. Any other thoughts here in closing? You know, there's two verses, and, and I'll mention this in closing now because we're, we're over our time. Um, two verses dealing with wisdom and understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. He will direct your paths. Found in Proverbs. And then in James, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask. And it says God's not going to upbraid you for asking. He will give you the wisdom, but you have to ask in faith. Not doubting, because one who doubts is um, like the waves tossed, tossed by the sea. So, yeah, I mean, God will give us understanding. Um, we shouldn't be trusting in our own understanding. We should be seeking God in faith, asking for understanding. It doesn't say, well, he's going to scold you first. He'll give you understanding if, if you really want it. So we better close um, this time now. It's, we're past. So um, next week we will begin chapter 11 here. going to... Um, God willing, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in here. I'm going to try the first 20 verses next week, chapter 11. And that will primarily be a lot of history. So, With that, um, class is dismissed.